guys, Tamaya Paul here, and you're listening to my podcast, Tender Tidbits with Tamaya. Everyone loves a sob story. If you can pull on my heartstrings or have me rooting for you in the face of adversity, you are practically guaranteed the sympathy vote. But what about the people who don't have a sob story? And why do stories like that have to be the driving theme for inspiration in our lives? So my sister and I were watching The Voice a few weeks ago, and this particular episode was at the beginning of the season where they introduce all of the contestants and their backstories. So I'm sitting there watching it with her and she randomly blurts out, see, I can never go on The Voice because I don't have a sob story like everyone else. And when I heard her say that, it instantly triggered me because I remember having that same exact mentality when applying for the Distinguished Graduate Award at my alma mater. Now let's go back in time for a second. It's 2019 the end of fall semester, and the applications have just opened up for the 2020 Distinguished Graduate Award. And this was a really big deal, you know. The winner got to be the keynote speaker for commencement in front of thousands of people. They were awarded a $2,000 scholarship. They would receive a medal and plaque, have the opportunity to network with influential people at the college, and all of this really cool stuff. It was also a very competitive process, though, because students from all the different campuses were eligible to apply if they met the initial requirements. I figured everyone would have their own unique story to share, but I knew that I had to put my best foot forward if I was going to win. So like any good competitor, I did my research. I wanted to know who the previous winners were what their stories were, and why they were chosen to be the distinguished graduate. I mean, who wouldn't? It was a competition after all, and I just wanted to get a good idea of how high my chances of winning were going to be. So after completing my research, these were my results, in no particular order. High school dropout, family members murdered, growing up in gang violence, Moving to the U.S. for a better life, teenage pregnancy, first generation, multiple deaths in the family, and prison. Yeah. Is it just me, or do you all see a similar theme here? Now, that's no shade towards anyone in particular. If that is your story and you were able to go through that and overcome it, my hat goes off to you. Job well done. I can never imagine what it's like to be in your shoes, and you should all be very proud of yourselves. But my point is, all of the previous winners had this same type of melancholy, beat the odds, rising from the ashes type sob story. And after I realized that, I was 100% convinced I had no chance of winning, especially because my story wasn't anything at all similar to that. At best, excellent student, super hard worker, lover of people, 
strong family foundation, and Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's it. Now, does that mean I've never gone through anything sad or challenging or sob story worthy? No. In fact, my grandmother had just passed away about a month before. I was still mourning, still devastated, still had to find the strength to get through the rest of the semester, and there were many days where I just wanted to quit. So yeah, I could have used that to be the center of my story and to give me a better chance at winning, but that wouldn't have been suitable to my journey or the core of who I truly am. And I honestly believe that if the sob story type theme was what that school was looking for, because that's all they had ever chosen, then I just wasn't going to win. And it was as simple as that. And that was legitimately my thought process going into this competition. And it almost stopped me from applying altogether. Almost. To make a very long story short, I was nominated by 13 people who had reached out to me personally, encouraging me to apply for the Distinguished Graduate Award. And at one point, all of those people reaching out to me didn't even move me because I was originally very adamant about not doing it. And there were so many days I would have conversations with myself that were like, am I wasting my time? Is it really worth it? This is what it's always been in the past, but that's not who I am. This is what they're looking for, but that's not what I bring. You know, these institutions are very particular about the type of story they want and the type of person they want to represent their college and the type of student they think will resonate and inspire the next graduating class. But a lot of times, from my perspective, they miss the mark. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. In fact, there's nothing really distinguished about it at all. And I truly struggled on the inside because I knew that my journey was simple but profound and encouraging and inspiring in a different kind of way. But that didn't appear to be what they were looking for. So there was a lot of back and forth about whether or not to do it. And I had even asked for advice from a few of the people I could trust at the time because I just didn't know what to do. And they were basically like, yeah, we get you and we hear you. We 100% see where you're coming from. But that's all the more reason why you need to apply. They were like, you would be perfect for this role and it doesn't have to be how it's always been. And they gave me the encouragement I needed to just go forth and submit the application. Weeks later, I was notified via email that I was a finalist for the competition, and I had to attend an in-person panel interview where we had to give a short speech at the end. Now, this was the fun part to me. Y'all know I love doing interviews and doing speeches, and I had some really cool ideas for how I wanted to go about it. So I get to the interview. I'm super nervous. I was literally in the bathroom praying that God would just be with me and help me through it. And as soon as I got in the elevator to head to that interview room, it was game time. So I walk in and there are like 12 different people on the panel. Easily the biggest interview I've ever done. Some I knew, some I didn't. And I was just flowing with the interview questions. I made sure to look everyone in the eyes, keep my answers clear and concise, and, you know, not be afraid to just show my personality and the little bit of humor that comes with it. 
At one point during the interview, I was asked why I chose to apply for this award. And I was 100% honest with them. Of course, I explained how this institution had impacted my life. And I talked about my journey at the college, my past experiences, my public speaking skills, all the reasons why I was qualified to do it, and ultimately how I thought it would be an amazing honor. But I also told them about the fact that I almost didn't even apply for the award. And I knew it was risky to mention why. But I also knew that it had to be said for purposes greater than myself. And in the event that I was penalized for that, then so be it. And I explained my perspective of seeing how all the previous winners had the same type of story that I didn't have. And, you know, I just broke down kind of what I talked about earlier in this episode of how you look at that and you see that you don't have it and it discourages you from even trying or applying or feeling like you're worthy of the honor so I just broke that down so that they would be able to understand and really see where I was coming from and after I finished answering the question you could literally feel a huge shift in the room not only because I was bold enough to see it and say it of course in a professional and respectful manner but also because you could tell a lot of them knew exactly what I was talking about A lot of them were nodding their heads and their body language came alive. And they were looking at me holding on to every word I was saying. And it really encouraged me because I didn't know how they were going to respond to it. And it was at that very moment I knew, even if I don't win this, at least I was able to show them a different perspective and plant the seed to hopefully switch it up for the future graduating classes. Other than that, the end of the interview was amazing. They were like, all right, if you have a little bit of your speech written down that you want to read, we would love to hear it. And I was like, um, I have it, but it's memorized and I would love to stand up and present it to you all. And they were like, oh, wow, yeah, great, whatever you want to do. And I just laughed on the inside because they were really expecting me to read off of a paper. Like, what? This is an interview. This is the time where you step outside of the box and go big or go home. You have to leave a lasting impression. And it just tickled me because I was like, man, they have no idea. So I stood up, gave the first minute of my speech like a pro, super confident. And at the end of it, I left them on a cliffhanger and said, and if you want to hear the rest, then choose me as your next distinguished graduate. And after I said that, everyone in the room had bust out laughing. It was insane. Some people literally had tears in their eyes from laughing so hard, and the energy in the room was unmatched. I wasn't expecting that type of reaction at all, and everyone had to literally regroup afterwards because there was just so much laughter, and they couldn't believe that I said that. And it was it was so funny. It was amazing and easily my favorite part of the interview. I was actually also the last person to interview that day. And I just knew they would remember me because of that. I can honestly say that I left that room feeling the most confident I have probably ever felt in my life. It was a beautiful memory and I will never forget it. So after the interview was finished, they took me into this room with this lady from public relations who was going to write my bio in the event that I had won. 
let's just say it was an interesting conversation. She asked me some questions. I answered them. She was very kind to me at the time. And yeah, I'm going to stick a pin in that until the next episode. Stay tuned. Weeks later, I got the call that I was chosen to be the 2020 Distinguished Graduate, and I was absolutely overjoyed. As you all know, I thought my chances of winning were super slim to none, but I challenged the status quo, did what I needed to do, and it ended up working out in my favor. Kind of. Now, this episode serves as the first part to the telling of my Distinguished Graduate experience, and it's honestly the better half. Stay tuned for the next episode titled Distastefully Distinguished, where I get candid and sharing what really happened behind the scenes. Now, before I wrap up, I really need to drive this point home so people don't misunderstand or misinterpret me. My issue is not with people, nor their personal stories and challenges and anything they have to overcome in life. Life is hard for everybody. Everyone has their own unique experiences, and I am genuinely rooting for you, and I mean that. So please hear my heart. My issue is with society and these institutions that only know how to capitalize off trauma and tragedy and hardships and challenges and think only the, I overcame these obstacles and struggles and look at where I am today type success stories matter. Those aren't the only type of stories out here. How do you have 42,000 students enrolled at your institution and every year you are highlighting the same type of story at commencement? Every year? It can never be different? Guess what? If that's one way to inspire and motivate others to persevere and keep going, cool, go be great. But to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there, it's starting to become cliche in a way. It's like you get desensitized from hearing the same type of sob story over and over and over again, and then it doesn't move you anymore. It doesn't inspire you anymore. It doesn't motivate you anymore, and it ultimately doesn't matter anymore. And to that same point, you should never discredit or try to make people feel bad or less than when that's not their type of story. Everyone does not have it. And they should not be penalized because of that. You know, sharing stories is all about getting to know people and relating and connecting to others in hopes that you can take something meaningful away that impacts you for the rest of your life. But if everyone's story is the same or similar in nature, then what does that really say about us? So let's recap. My tender tidbits for today are number one. You don't have to have a sob story to impact others. You can move people in your own way, and you should be proud of that no matter what other people say. Number two, it doesn't have to be what it's always been. Challenge the status quo. The older I get, the more I see how mundane and basic and mediocre and uncreative people in these systems really are. Whatever happened to daring to be different? Usually, different is better, because that's when you stand out from the rest and you're able to truly make a difference. Number three, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. That is one of my all-time favorite quotes, and I just really resonate with that. I was so close to not even applying for this award, 
thinking that they wouldn't accept me and my story for who and what it was. It ended up working out, but how many other students or people have that same perception that I had? You know, representation is huge right now, and rightfully so. You want to be able to look up in life and see other people doing what you hope to do one day. And that is why I say never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Because had I let fear stop me, I wouldn't have won. And I'm so glad I did because I hope that I was able to show people that it can be different. Number four, honesty is the best policy. When people ask you a question, give an honest response. There's nothing wrong with sharing a perspective that may be unpopular or uncommon. Remember, it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. And trust me, I've had to practice a lot with that one. And number five, surround yourself with people you trust that will encourage you to do it anyways. I had very valid points and reasons for feeling the way I felt in the beginning, but I'm so grateful my village understood the assignment had my back, and told me to do it anyways. It taught me a very valuable lesson, and I will forever be grateful for them for doing that for me. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and let me know what you think. The next episode is titled Distastefully Distinguished, and I'm not holding back on any of the experiences I went through. (laughs) 